Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hi, people. This is DJ. This is Ish. And this is Season 3 of Better Let Let Me Tell tell you. You. Is it Tuesday? It is. Are we pedoing on Tuesday? We are. Is that a verb? It is now. We're pedoing. People can if people can so, Google. So, we can pedo. So is it is pedo Tuesday gonna be a thing now? Um, on occasion, if we've got something really special to talk because, about, because you know everybody gives Tuesday a lot of crap for just being boring, but now it's not because it's like. Pero let me tell you, I on know Tuesdays. it's us and tacos and uh, uh, Taco Tuesday. Taco, pero let me tell you, I, I mean. mean Right here, right now. We're like, spoiling we, you. We just stop, but let me tell you, plus tacos. Plus tacos. Life is good. So, welcome to a special edition of Pero Let Me Tell You. El bono episode. The bonus episode. I love it. This would be like the bonus content in a DVD. Oh. Or like or that. Or a Blu-ray. Or the B-side on a single. B-side. Every time somebody says B-side, I want to go, B-side. This is a song about summertime. Cool. So, you know, no, no. I remember this going. The feeling goes on and on. Wait, that was a B side. That was a B side. That was a B side to, I believe this is Janet Jackson. We're talking about. Yeah. I believe to because of love. Because of love. But that was one of those B sides that got played on the that radio. Got it. Yeah, it got okay. Played, I get it. Okay, okay. Yeah, that's yeah. Why. That I'm song. Like... That song actually got significant airplay on Power ninety six. Yes, back in the day. So anyway, speaking of Power ninety six and all things local, yes, the reason we're having this bonus episode is because, as y'all know, because we've been chatting about it, doing giveaways, 
We are going to be at Carnaval on the Mile on we March sure are. 7th and 8th. We're going to have our own little booth there, ahí en, la, en Ponce. Y, so come and say hello. We're y, literally going to be in the middle of it. Ponce yeah, I mean, and Marigold Mile. Is anybody really surprised that we're going to be metiendo en medio de And we have some, ex- we're going to have our Lechon Life and our Sereno shirt. But we're going to have also some, shirt. a new shirt, which I think it's people are going to like. It's very Miami, literally. So, yeah, literally, yeah. Um, so hopefully you guys yeah. will check yeah. it out, and we'll be we'll have people passing through, some interviews. Some so please guests. come and say hello. Um, it's funny because a lot of times, abuela, we'll take pictures when um when people that listen to us, you know, finally meet us in person. They're like, oh my god, like you exist, like, like the voice. I put the like like we're not disembodied voices. Yeah, and it's funny because like you know we post a lot of pictures of ourselves on Instagram, yeah. but I guess there's something you know with seeing someone yeah in, in the, the flesh. flesh even if it's a you know z rate <laughs> my life on the z list. my life on the z list yes i don't know i don't think we're even on the alphabet oh god no <laughs> they have to come up with new letters <laughs> just for so, us so as we said this is like a special edition carnival edition yeah carnaval of um pero let me tell you and um the kiwanis of miami have been yeah. very little very Havana. Uh, Little Havana have been very, very good to us and, you know, gave us this platform and um, we're very appreciative. And, you know, we wanted to highlight um, not only like obviously the festivals that they do, but we wanted to highlight a little bit of the talent that goes into Mm -hmm. um, into putting this this whole festival together. So we're going to have a couple of interviews. Yeah, we're going to have an interview with um, the artist of the poster every year. Carnaval Miami has a poster. And uh, in the past, you've had some artists such as um, Alejandro Mijares. Um, I think Tony Mendoza has done one. Um, and so this year, it's Victor Garcia. So we have a chat with him. Super, super buena gente. And then we also have a chat with one of the performers from Carnaval Miami. This is actually the first year that they're going to have country music acts. So... Actually, this is going to be our first country music artist ever on the show, uh, Tim Sharon. And, you know, both of these guys are, they're great interviews. I mean, and it's, they're both going to be at Carnaval in obviously different respects because I don't think Victor sings and I don't think Tim paints. Um, but <laughs> they're going to be there. So you guys should definitely come out, see us, see them, see other people. There's going to be all these artists, delicious food. I mean, honestly, you know, it's Miami, so there's going to be Comelava left and right. Um, but, you know, so we want to bring some of that flavor to you and, and what your appetite a little bit to convince you to come out and hang out with so, us. So because we're all about listen, laugh, and learn. I want Here's to give the learn. A, people a little bit of a background. Yeah, because people people know about like, oh, there's this Cayocho, there's yeah. Canaveral in the Mile. So but Cayocho's, what is it? Cayocho's put on by the Kiwanis Club of uh, Little, little Havana. Yeah. Did you know that the original, like the original, original Kiwanis Club mm-hmm. was founded in Detroit, Michigan? Well, the Kiwanis is nationwide, yeah. Yeah, it is nationwide. Yeah, yeah. But It sounds Hispanic. It, it does, right? Lo Kiwani. Lo Kiwani. Yeah. yeah, like I always grew up hearing Lo Kiwani. But the, I mean, obviously they stemmed off to like different organizations right, and right. subgroups. But like the original, original one was, was founded in Detroit, Michigan. I feel that everything is from Michigan. Lo Kiwani, Madonna. You know, Diana Ross, Motown, you know, Ford, Chrysler. Yeah. GM. <laughs> M&M. Little Caesar's Pizza. Rosa Parks. Yeah. So, <laughs> wow. <laughs> and this wasn't even us really trying. Darth Vader. This was, Darth Vader? Yeah. A James Earl Jones. <laughs> oh, I was like, wait, Detroit's in a galaxy far, yeah. far away? Yeah. Because <laughs> no, I it's visited. Michigan. You visited Detroit. I visited Detroit. Yeah, you didn't need to go on the Millennium Falcon. No, I did not. <laughs> you went no. on American Airlines. I went. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, Very so... So, yeah, the Kiwanis are starting in Detroit, but the Kiwanis of Little Havana, so really the whole point of 
I guess the Kiwanis, it's, that it's a service club, but it's yeah. also part of its mission is to promote and, um, you know, give way to like cultural events and, you know, cultural Wait, matters culture. within mm -hmm. the city. So as such, that is where the thought in terms of Kiwanis of, of um, Little Jimena, um, mm -hmm. that is where the original concept of Calle Ocho came out oh, okay. because Carnival on the Mile, which is on the 7th and 8th of March mm -hmm. um, in, Coral Gables. in Coral Gables, starts off, well, it is one of the marquee uh, events Correct. of Carnival Week, but it, it ends with Calle Ocho, and Calle Ocho is like their Sunday main event. marquee event. So yeah. it's interesting because- It's so funny, um, not to interrupt you, but on the show Jane the Virgin, mm -hmm. that show took place here in Miami. It mm -hmm. wasn't filmed in Miami, Banan La Vida, but it took place like here. <laughs> and, but it's funny because in every season- the favorite thing that her and her family would love to go to was Calle Ocho. Oh my God, they, really? Like they would say it. They're like, every year, Jane. You know, I've never watched that show. It's such a good show. I didn't see, I haven't seen the last season, but it's such a good show. Um, and I don't know why, because I think she's really cute. Gina. Gina, the, Gina Rodriguez. I, I, I just like her. She seems The very show's fantastic. The abuela is wonderful. Positive. Like, um, but anyway, so they started Calle Ocho in 1978. Oh, um, yeah, when you were and born. Originally, <laughs> like, shh. <laughs> originally, Calle Ocho was supposed to, you know, originally it was for like a Cuban American like me, claro. um, to for Cuban Americans to get together and have like this big block party, and um, it then obviously as the face of Miami started changing and right. people from all different types of the world um, came together, a Calle Ocho kind of morphed into more of a, like a, you know celebrating all Latin American countries and Latin culture. American culture in general. Mm -hmm. And um, it is the largest street fair in the world. In the world? Uh, yeah. Wow. And they actually, I did a little bit of research, and here's some really interesting things about La Calle Ocho, um, <clears throat> which I thought this was kind of cool. Um, they had the longest, the world's longest conga line. Yes. Which I actually knew this. I remember this. In 1988. But I guess I didn't know how many people were in the conga line. Okay, so how many people? How many people would you guess? Well, I know of two for sure. <laughs> okay. Gloria and Emilio. Gloria and Emilio, yes. Um, there were 119,986 people in the conga line. 120,000 gente. Yeah. Haciendo la conga. I knew that the world's longest conga line was in, in Calle Ocho. I just but I didn't realize it was 120,000 people. Like... That's a lot of people. That is a lot of comparsa. In 1990, they had a record-breaking 10,000-pound piñata. They've done a couple of record-breaking things at, yeah. at the event, haven't um, they? Yeah. I thought that was... Wait, a 10,000-pound piñata? Yeah. They also, in 2012, they broke smarties. the world record for the largest flag image ever created. The flag, and I remember this, measured 250 feet long by 36 wide. Um... So I just thought that was like really interesting. I don't know. I'm still not over the 120,000. Um, bueno, we went to Calle Ocho last year. There was easily 120,000 people on that street. So if all they had to do was hold each other's hips. I think I said this earlier. <laughs> it's funny because, you know, we're from Miami. It's a big city. So we're not shot. You know, we're not surprised right, by right. big We're crowds, not rural. You know, but when we went to Calle Ocho last year and we hadn't gone in a while, I was like, no, there's just so many I'm like, people. They they bust people in. Because, yeah, there had like, to be people coming in from Broward. It was just it's a lot of people. It's like 
I was overwhelmed with the amount of people there. Yeah. But, hey, but everybody was having a good everybody time. Everybody having a great time. And, and you know what? Actually, this year they have a, a whole VIP thing, too. Or yeah. if you don't want to be the, the molote of gente, yeah. you can pay the molote that. of gente. El molote de gente. Molote That's de such gente. a great term. It isn't it? The, isn't the molote it? of people. The molote of people. <laughs> um, and then, obviously, I think like 10 years ago, they started Carnival on the Mile. Yeah, which is it's a, the a newer. Bit of, it's a little bit of a different demographic, a different feel. Uh, Carnival on the Miles, I feel it's a little bit more laid back. Yeah, um, it's a little just, more focused on art. Yeah, maybe whereas just because of the logistics of it. Well, I mean, I mean, I love Coral Gables. I live in Coral Gables, but Coral Gables is also a very restrictive city. Right. No, but so what I'm saying only, is that I'm sure that there are there are certain parameters. What I'm saying is that because Miracle Mile is wider, true. It 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 Se just presta. seems a little bit more and and it's more like it feels more spread out. I mean, also Calle Ocho has you know. Hundreds of thousands of people going, so it's never going to feel spacious. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, and yeah. The, the, it's not as wide. So I just thought that that was really interesting. You know what? What? In a sad note, what was also kind of like, wow, I hadn't thought about it. Was that the only year that Gaiocho was canceled was in 1996? 96. 96. Uh, because of the downing of the Brothers to the Rescue, the Hermano Arrecate plane. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. So that was. Uh, and for those listeners who don't know, um, so Brothers to the Rescue is an organization. I don't. I'm assuming they probably they don't exist anymore, no, do they? Not really. Um, during I guess the I don't want to call it the height. The height. The, the height, height of of los malos tiempos. You know, in Cuba. Cuba, where where people were really just trying to the mid nineties, the mid nineties, the Castro regime allowed. That wasn't a periodo especial, though. No, periodo especial was after the fall of the Soviet Union. Okay, um, so it was like the eighties. N- no, it was like the early to mid nineties. Oh, okay. Periodo especial was after the fall of the Soviet Union. So then, bueno, esto estaba más o menos dando la mano. Soviet Union support. No, right, right. So bueno, if this is ninety six, esto estaba dando la yeah, mano yeah, al periodo yeah. especial. It, it was, it was as you could make an argument that in part it was a result of that. That you know the you know Castro kind of turned a cheek and kind of let people leave in, in rafts. And, right, and, right. You know, that's a whole Balcedo period. Yeah, exactly. You yeah. know, so, um, so this organization would basically go out there and try to help. You know, when the people who are on the rafts and, and just, I mean, they were a, a helpful organization. It's so funny because, like, living in Miami and going through all these, like, different periods in terms of immigration, mm-hmm. when we were kids, it are you know, Los Marielita. Tu eres Marielita. Tu eres Marielita. And then in the 90s, okay. it was okay. like, Los Marielita Guantanamo. Uh-huh. Tu eres de Guantanamo. Oh, right, right, No, right, yo vine right. por Guantanamo. Yo vine right. por Guantanamo. And that, that, you know, shows, like, what group or what. That, that's your time frame. Yeah, that's yeah. your time frame. Yeah. So it's just interesting how that, you know evolves um so yeah that was that was i thought it was some interesting facts because you know again it's like one of these things that you go to guy or you go to one of these festivals and uh, yeah it's great and fun but it actually started with a purpose yeah no and actually every see i okay so every year they do have a king or queen or mm-hmm. kings or queens depending because it's um Sometimes it's a solo act. Sometimes it's a group. Like this year, Los Reyes son Maui Riki, uh, you know, a reggaeton pop duo. I know what your favorite queen has been. Damn right you know who my favorite queen was. 1997, Thalia. <laughs> Damn right. And we went to that concert. So I was actually, I was going to say that. I'm like, but that was not Caeocho, but there was no Carnaval on the Mile. Do they still do that concert? That's a great question. I remember they always used to do that concert. Right. But I feel like uh, now they've, guess... they've bundled it together that concert just happens at Gaiocho. Um They used to have a. I, I remember the one we went to was not in Bayfront Park, but I no, remember it was at the they, Orange Bowl. They, it was at the Orange Bowl, but I remember they had some in Bayfront Park. Like I remember one year Selena was in it. The year Selena yeah. died. Remember Selena died at the end of March. 
That's true. Yeah. So it was like so this right was, after. It was like a month earlier yeah. that I remember we were watching her in the concert, the Carnaval, si, si, you si. know, around this time, and we and she looked really pretty. It's when it's the video of her hair when she had it all tied back that she was wearing kind of like a a see through type shirt with the bra under and like and a little mini skirt. Yeah, <laughs> and she was singing BDB. I remember it was BDB Bomb Bomb, mm-hmm. and we were like, "Okay, she." We, I, I like I specifically remember that we were watching it. And we were like, "Qué bonita, hey, I like qué gracia tiene." Right. And then, you know, a month later, it's like, uh-huh. "Damn it, <laughs> damn it, Yolanda, damn it." Um, but anyway, um, <laughs> see, we got it. We got into Selena again. <laughs> Damn it! But no, but so yeah, I'm just wondering. I think they've just no, you know, probably some years they things change. Or, you know, you things know, change. Yeah, but yeah. but yeah, I'll never, I'll never forget that the concert we went to, the that one was, with Alia, oh and that was it a was, great concert. It was Los Ilegales, <laughs> Azúcar Moreno, and Enrique Iglesias. That concert was that was lit, lit. AF. Oh yeah, that concert for 1997. Was, was it 97? It was 97. You, no, it was ninety six, and you know, you know, no, it was ninety seven. It was ninety because ninety six it was yeah. canceled. Right? And um, you know who else was there? Um, the ones that used to sing the ones Sopa that, de Caracol. Uh, no, 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 it wasn't Sopa de Caracol. Eh, was it then? Was it Sopa de Caracol? I know it was some. There was another. Uh, uh, there's another. No, that was very... it was eh, una sopa de pollo. Yes, todo la sopa de pollo. Nada. Oh my God, where are they? Los. Oh, it's gonna kill me! It's yeah. gonna kill me with them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I remember that the show was hosted by Minka Dejano. That's right, and Maria Celeste. Yes, yeah, me and my memory. Oh yeah, that was a great. Can we go relive that concert? Yeah, that concert was badass. <laughs> like shit, I want to go relive that concert. Like, I remember like, right now. jamming because you know that's one of my favorite songs, "To La Morena" by Los oh, That is my jam. That is like that. You know. Mira, that song, the Quad City DJs, the train. The train. And at night, I think of you. Oh. And my, my Boo by the yeah. Those Town DJs. Those are my jams. Those, I mean, those are my jams. Those three songs. <laughs> I mean, La Morena is a great song. It I is mean, a great song. Que viva la República Dominicana. Damn right. <laughs> Damn right. And now remember that that night was the first night I ever heard uh, by Enrique Iglesias. And that song, Miente, Dime que me amas. And then, of course, it was Thalia. Thalia, I, God, I, God bless Thalia. Do you remember when they crowned her? They, they, they she like, oh. looked like she had, ju- like she, you would have thought that she had just won an election to be the queen <laughs> like the world. of the world. Because she was so happy and she did that yes thing with the yeah. arm that she was doing in all of like the 90s and all her videos for yeah. no reason. But I remember that she had done. She was doing her performance to be a morena. She she had like five costume changes and, and she sang like three when songs. When it ended, like when the song was like ending, it was like an extended version or whatever. Right. She kind of went up like a flight of stairs, and as she descended from the stairs, they had put on this huge cape on her with and they, the crown. They crowned her. And they're like, "Y ahora la reina, reina del carnaval, Talia," and you know, on her Talia glory. And that was prime Talia. <laughs> like that, that was, was like flowers pinnacle. in the microphone. <laughs> that was Talia. No, that was that right. Was a little after. After. That was the right after. No, that was, was that was for gracia. Aha, uh-huh. that was an ecstasy, Talia. Talia, yeah, that was you know. She came out with a skirt that was made of CDs. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's this is not about us. <laughs> no, but you know what? It's those kind of memories. Like, think about it. Like, look how many memories we have with Carnaval Miami. Yeah, as a result of as a result of Carnaval Miami, like all these and awesome fun memories we were, that we have. We were like sixteen. Like, whose idea was it to go to this? It was yours. I'm gonna say it was mine. <laughs> 
And we all went. Like I'm all of it was mine. Because we, I mean, we love, number one, we all love Thalia. I mean, who doesn't love Thalia aside from Paulina We love Los Ilegales. We love Azuka Moreno too. Of course. That, they sang. That, that was that, because they they came, sang we that were song. all watching the box. They sang that song. <laughs> eh, one, two, three. Caramba. Solo se vive una vez. And devorame otra vez. Yep. Yep. Again, these were all staples on the box. On the box. <laughs> and that's why we went. <laughs> Televisión musical que, que tú controlas. <laughs> Long Lord. live the box. Long live the box. So, Gone but not forgotten. This is our... We actually, you know what? We need to have a future episode where we talk about the, the box. Because I need to tell people how I ended up loving the song in Moñoñong. But that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> that's another story. How I ended up liking that song. <laughs> Do you, do you remember when Tony Braxton's Unbreak My Heart was on for like the entire day? This I think it was a long weekend. Okay. <laughs> You're going to name them because I know you are. What are the top three songs of, of the, the box of, that of were like, always on of, the entire of our day? Box? That were always on the entire day. Unbreak My Heart. Unbreak My Heart. Maria. Maria. By Ricky Martin. Uh huh. The third one, I have. I, I, I want to say. It's my heart will go it, on. It is. Okay, okay, it is. okay. It is. Okay. I knew you would know. Okay. Because I remember, I remember I, would go to school. I would go to school and it was like Tony Braxton. And I love Tony Braxton. Yes, to this day. I would come home from school and it was still Tony Braxton. I'm like, okay, why do people keep requesting the video if it's always on? <laughs> like, who's missing the video? And then Maria was the remix of Maria. Yes, it was the Spanglish remix, right? No. No, it was no, like no, the, 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 the dance music. The dance music. Right? That was on for about, you know. 36 six hours a day. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, it might still be playing. It, we don't know. It's somewhere it's still somewhere playing. Somewhere there's a signal going off to other planets of Ricky Martin's Maria on the yeah. box. Yeah. And then there was, you know, Unbreak My Heart. That, that and was then like, My Heart Will Go On. Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. My Heart Will Go On. That was on for about, you know, 10 years. Yeah. I'm telling you. It's still on. Yeah. It's still, it's still on. So anyway. Bueno. We hope you're enjoying our carnival-themed episode. Yes. Reminisce about our carnival-related yes, memories. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so now let's let's actually jump into the interview yeah. with, um, with Vic Garcia. Yeah, we're going to start off with Vic. And then after that, we're going to go straight into our interview with Tim Sharon. But, you know, we got a little word from our sponsor. Caballero, it's time for Carnaval Miami. Party starts with Carnaval on the Mile, March 7th and 8th, when the heart of Coral Gables becomes a free street fair with food, art, and live music from R&B, Latin jazz, and for the first time, country music. Not to mention Fork and Cork, where you can sample some of the best foods in Miami for just $75 per session. Then Sunday, March 15th, it's Carnaval's Crown Jewel, the Calle Ocho Music Festival, Full of food, music, and drinks with performances including this year's Kings of Carnaval, Mao y Ricky. And if you love the festival, but you know, you want to skip the molote de gente, there's a VIP passport option for purchase with access to lounges and backstage parties throughout the party route. So for more information, visit carnavalmiami.com and don't forget, your boys from Pero Let Me Tell You are gonna be at Carnaval on the Mile, so stop by and see us. It's time to Pachanga, mi gente. And we're back, Caballero. So as we mentioned, we are here with the artist of this year's Carnaval Miami poster, Vic Garcia. And we're actually, I got to say, uh, Darian, in probably one of the coolest damn houses I've ever been in. House slash studio. Studio slash, slash workspace. It's it, like it's like if Andy Warhol was Cuban, this is where he'd live. 
This is exactly what That's it would look like. That's a good way of putting like. it. Yeah. So we're here. I'll take it. I'll take it. Thank so you guys Thank you for, for joining us, Welcome man. To Welcome to Let Me Tell You. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Oh, man. So I, I, I guess I, I'm just sitting. We're literally sitting here, listeners, and looking at all his art. And if you haven't yet seen it, I mean, you got to check it out on Instagram. It, it's, it's just it's so vibrant. And it's just... It, I don't know how to describe it. I mean, I don't know if it's got like a Keith Haring vibe to it. Keith some Haring kind of meets Brito, but his own unique perspective as well, um, because it's very colorful. But oh, bueno, what are we saying? He's the artist. Yeah, you so, tell us. So tell us, <laughs> tell us, Vic, your artwork. Well, to actually, tell us a little bit first how you got into art. When did you discover this amazing talent that you have? All right. So thank you guys, first of all, for having me. I appreciate it. Of course. Um, so I actually began, I went to a school for business marketing with no intention. Yeah. So with no, wow. with no intention of being an artist. You thought about being a business. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess, yeah, we got to market everything. So it actually okay, worked. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, it worked out. I've been able to market myself through, I guess, the knowledge I gained through college in my head. So it was good. And then I needed a few things for the walls and I just picked up a piece of paper from the printing paper got some markers at cvs and just one paper led to another paper i started taping them up it became it just took over all the walls and then still didn't think anything wait but how old were you this was probably in my 20s for sure yeah. so you discover you yeah. came across this talent that you have in your 20s I would say, yeah. Wow. I wow. always, you I know. definitely was like a performer growing up as a kid. I went to, I think, a couple acting classes. But definitely the drawing was something. Also was something artsy inside Yeah, there was you. something artsy, but definitely I, I discovered it later on in my life for sure. Yeah. Okay, so you picked up some markers and then what happened? Um, it just, I saw that there was something unique within it. I I I duct taped a few together. They became bigger. My whole apartment got taken over. I still didn't think any... Yeah, people liked it, but it was just a thing that I did on my spare time. Graduated, started working with my dad. People started requesting them. I got the right paper, right markers, and <laughs> then I did, I did a painting I, for a baseball player, and then I just hung it in his house, and then I'm like, wait... I could put my paintings in people's house. This could be like my business and my what I could do every day. And it just now now we're here talking to you guys yeah. about this. Yeah. There was that business marketing degree. Yeah. But that's, that's actually quite incredible yeah. because I feel that usually people that are creatives are artists. To this yeah. degree. Yeah, to this I mean, degree. Because, I mean, yeah. I'm, again, and we're going to post your art on our page. Appreciate but it, yeah. um, I mean... Obviously, this comes from a place that you're. This is a talent that you were, you were born with, yeah. and it's yeah. just interesting to hear that you discovered this. Not, I don't want to say so late in life in your twenties, but no, but generally, yeah, definitely not. It, I've only yeah. It's, generally, it's something people when since they're little children, of course, yeah, yeah. discover I that mean, they can. If you don't, know, how old are you now? If you don't mind my asking, um, I'm about to be thirty. Okay, so ten years, give or take. I would say I've been doing it less than 10 years for sure. That's like, that's incredible. like as like of my full time, like 24 seven, this is what I do for sure. That's incredible. Yeah. That's yeah. incredible. That's amazing. That he had this talent that he hadn't. Actually into. in my bio, I, uh, I actually 
put um, that a teacher when I was smaller actually told me to stop doing stick figures. So in honor of that teacher, you can find some stick <laughs> stick figures. Some? Definitely. A few. Yeah, a few. There. A few within the paintings around you. So. Oh, my God. That's crazy. Yeah. To me. That is actually a remarkable story, I have to say. Because that's not usually how these things work out. No, you always hear it's like, yeah, since I was three years old, I picked up a crayon and I never stopped. Yeah. You right. know, it's right. that type of story. But that's so. I mean, you, you so you, you created that piece for that yeah. baseball player, hung it in his house, and then I guess the business degree inside of you said, "Aha, this no, can turn into something." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely. I just I asked my father if I could like explore this n- newly found talent and. Ever since that day, I haven't stopped. And like I tell everyone, I'm constantly thinking of the next project and the next thing I could create. And I can't sleep because I'm constantly, I just yeah. want to do the next thing. And it's a 24-7 thing. And I'm doing what I love, which not everyone gets to do it as well. That's damn right. That's yeah. damn right. So, I mean, who would you say are some of like your inspirations? I mean, again, we can guess looking around here. Yeah, but... no, I'm definitely inspired by other artists, but I think the world in general mm-hmm. inspires me. You can find inspiration within anything within this world. Mm-hmm. And I, the children definitely inspire me. And some greats like Walt Disney definitely is a big inspiration on what he was able to create with the world mm-hmm. and everyone's fascinated and in love with the mm-hmm. characters and then other artists Keith Haring is definitely someone that inspires me Cause is another one mm-hmm. Takashi Murakami is another one would you consider your 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 stuff street art because that's like that, that's such an in term nowadays yeah no i yeah. definitely People like to use the word street art, and I I wouldn't say, yes, it's definitely, you could see it on the street and in murals and walls, but I wouldn't say, I wouldn't consider myself a street artist because a lot of these street artists, they started on the street and then they evolved into canvas. Mm-hmm. So I would say I'm just an artist for everyone. Okay. <laughs> whoever, no, I like Yeah, whoever's... Like Whoever, but you're right because I could yeah. see I could see this stuff being in a mural in, yeah. in the street. Yeah, but at the same but time, it, it could also be in canvas. someone's home. Yeah, yeah. for yeah. sure. Yeah. But I love that answer because it, it it speaks to something that I think comes through in your art. And we were talking a little while ago with you know your your character who I love, Flower Nose, so cute. Thank you. But your answer to me it speaks to like an authenticity that I think you have because I think other people might have been like, oh yeah, it's street art to try and like get that cred. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I think you're just very aware. You're like, like you said, you're like, well, no, I didn't start in the street. Like, yeah. I, you know, you, you almost don't feel comfortable. No, I, I don't. And I even being lumped even, in that, even when I paint murals till this day, I'm still like, yes, I'm confident in all I do, but it's still, I still kind of look at it in a different way because I, I didn't start doing the, in the graffiti scene, which a lot of these artists right. started in with mm-hmm. these, these special letters and the bubble letters and look I've been accepted to paint some murals and they've given me walls and opportunities but I still I still wouldn't say that I be, I began on the street yeah you, pref- you know who you are yeah yeah for sure yeah that's awesome so now that I mentioned flower nose yeah now for the carnaval in Miami the piece that you created is called Flower Nose and Friends. Flower Nose and Friends Take Carnival Miami. I was there at the press conference when, when it was unveiled. Yes, sir. And I got to say, as a lifelong Miamian, I've enjoyed my fair share of Carnival posters. 
They're all nice. They're all lovely. Some better than others. When they unveiled yours, there was just something that I reacted to on just a pure level of joy. It was endearing. It was, it, it was just... It, it's it, warm. It was wow, inviting. You guys are going to make me cry. Was, I got no, chills. Come on. No, no, no. no I get it. I appreciate it. It, it. Was, it was. It was inviting. It was... It, it just... It felt like we... God, this is going to sound corny as hell. It felt like I knew that painting. Because I think that Miami, being such a big city, yeah. and, you know, so many people think different things of Miami. You know, some people think of it as, like, you know, where you go party and clubs and the beach. That could have been anything. But instead, you turned it into something, again, very heartwarming yeah. very like endearing as i said um and it's interesting that that's the angle as the artist that you took so of course, tell us yeah. a little bit you know what was your inspiration why did you go down that route for okay. the post so yeah thank you guys for the kind words i'm definitely moved but i think so the main focal point obviously when you guys saw it of the canvas was my character flower nose which at the end, he's the globe with a nose that's a flower. So just starting there, it definitely brings, I, the world brings unity and people of all races and colors and backgrounds together. So I was definitely trying to bring everyone with, within one painting together for this special moment, which is Carnival Miami and the celebration of life, unity. And then I surrounded it with other studio friends of mine um, as well. Um, I definitely made it colorful. I added a bunch of flags from different countries because at the end, yes, we're, we're all here Cuban, but there's people from all over the world that yeah. visit Carnival Miami and the, the whole, the, all the festivals, which is at the end, which is Miami because Miami. We really are a melting pot. Yeah, we're, we're definitely yeah. a melting pot. And then. Within it, I did some tributes to ex-kings and queens as well to kind of pay homage to... Of the carnaval. Yeah, uh, to pay homage to people, music, other artists, and people I grew up listening to that maybe gave me the spirit to, I guess, be us and be who we are. So it was definitely a combination of a little bit of everything. So it was fun. Yeah, no, that was great. Like, you know, and I think that's something that I also love about it is sometimes you look at a piece and you're kind of like, okay, I saw it. I've gone back and looked at the photo that I that I took that day of the poster, and every time I look at it, I find something new. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, it's th I, I love it. A I, lot I, of people have said that like my work's like a puzzle. Like you might see something one day, and then the next day you well, you might see something. I'm else. I'm glad you sure. said that because yeah. I was about to mention that. Like yeah. you know, the, all these pieces that are in front of us right now. Sure. Like as I'm talking to you, I'm like looking at them, and I'm like, oh, look at that. Love oh, it. like. Look at the happy face. Oh, look at the spoon. Oh, look at the heart. Like <laughs> a, every time you look at it, you yeah. you see something you didn't see before. So I, I, would you say that that is your style? I would say, yeah, that's definitely part of who I am. And that's what, kind of what I'm trying to portray with, I guess, with my art. I want you to look at them and, yes, get a sense of happiness, joy, read these inspirational quotes different of my characters start recognizing my friends and then yeah event and every creation is different and they just come about some have my characters and then some faces just appear mm -hmm. and i've had people look at paintings and be like oh that's how i feel on a monday that's how i feel on a wednesday <laughs> so it's nice to bring happiness and joy to others within it as well how would you say that you know growing up in miami and being from miami has um inspired or affected your work I think Miami has definitely inspired who I am and my character and my drive and my parents 
at the end, coming here with nothing and being able to um, grow up and create this life of their own and has given me the opportunity to, ex at the end, explore this art thing. And it's definitely within my blood and my root and my passion. And I think Miami, we're very passionate and that's the type of people we are. You think it's kind of to touch on what you're saying, you know, because so many of us here either come from other countries or parents, you know, for, like yourself, we're yeah, first generation. Of course. You know, they respect the hustle. Like they get it. Like you just gotta, you, you just gotta keep going, and you gotta, you you can't sit back and just be like womp womp. You know. Yeah. No, you, no, you, yeah, definitely. There's just like you guys probably see it too. There's definitely days that aren't gonna be. It's, life's a roller coaster, and you, it's not gonna be a high point every day. And some days I kind of, I I kind of try not to get stuck in, in bad moments or like, I'm just. I'm riding a ride and my life's a long journey and I've been so far, it's so far so good and my support has been real and people, to see people fall in love and with these paintings and these characters, like even you guys are here talking about Flower Nose, like I couldn't tell you two years ago that we would be sitting here talking about a character that I've created, it's, it's magical at the end, yeah. How did he come up? How did you, like, what's the, the origin story yes. of, uh, so of Flower Nose? All, Flower Nose and some of my other characters have all evolved. Yeah, it, there's Teddy Boy. Yeah, we got Teddy, Teddy Girl. Boy. Now we got Teddy Girl. We got Panda Man 2020. They all have a message. And I love that he's Panda Man 2020. Yeah. <laughs> Not to be confused with Panda Man from other years. No, right? no, no, Just, no. Right. <laughs> he, he came about in 2020, and he actually has 2020 vision. So. Oh, well, then he's got one up on me. Yeah, yeah. He's got, <laughs> on, on me as well, for sure. As we're yeah. sitting here with glasses on. So actually, yeah. So they all have their messaging, and they've all evolved from some of my earlier work, and then some of them... I say I need to create a certain character that I want to add to the family and I just create them and they come about and then I get them on computer form, clean them up a little, dress them up, add whatever I need to add to them and then the story comes about. So yeah, so they, they each have their story and their personality. They come to you like fully formed almost. Yeah, they just come about. That's that's I love hearing that when yeah. I talk yeah. to, to creative people and it's just like how did you come up with blah blah and they're like well one day they just showed up no you know? no yeah. It, yeah yeah he evolved. I mean essentially you know you start with that idea but they tell yeah. you where they want to go and no yeah they definitely have had their life their life and I definitely dream to see all of them one day hopefully on an animation or just like I have the flower nose character he really came to our life now because they live in their own world but. I would like to see my other friends as well. So, like, again, these pieces that are hanging here, yeah. and I keep looking at them. Like, over there in that one, the black and yellow one, yeah. I see, like, a robot, like, kind of <laughs> in there. Yeah, no, there's definitely, ro and so, so there's like, definitely robots. Are you coming up with that as you are yeah. making the piece? Are you coming up with these characters as you go along? So, yeah, no, that robot that you're looking at is Roboboy. He's got a futuristic mind. So, yeah, I try to add him to different pieces. You'll start seeing him. And he's actually one of the characters that lives within the world I've created. But then the, you'll see other faces. And, like, for example, now when there's a plane and a sunflower, like, I might just do it on that one. Mm -hmm. Just the motion of the marker just comes about and... So, so like, he, that might not be a character, but maybe one day we might have a sunflower. Right. So, so yeah. as you're creating these yeah. as you go along, 
I, I guess where I'm trying to get is that that could spin off into something else. Oh yeah, for sure, a hundred percent. So yeah, no, it was I, it was definitely all a spin off of something in the beginning, and then it just became something, and then Flower knows I saw something within him and he became what he is today and like the piece you showed us yeah just now before we started yeah. recording so that was one of the first like i guess interpretations of flower Boy. yeah i would say yeah and then he's evolved into different things to, to, yeah to the cubanazo we see before us today because yeah. homeboy's got guayaberas left oh, yeah. and right and he's got a gold chain with a cross around the as any good yeah. cuban from miami yeah, would. so something i always i'm always curious about artists but when, he, sorry, but he might visit maybe one day that my world takes me to China and you might see him. Flower boy in China. Flower nose in China. Flower nose in China. Nose. Yeah, yeah, no. It's um, <laughs> so, yeah, something that I'm, I'm always curious when artists are working on a piece, you know, especially like your pieces that are so complex. When do you know it's done? That's a great question. I don't think it's ever done, to be honest, until I decide to say, to hopefully hang it in someone's home and walk out the door, I still don't think it's done. I've gone back to people's houses and I'll be hanging out there and I'll have a marker in my pocket <laughs> and add something to the piece because I'm con. I don't think they're ever done. And I yeah. think at some point, yes, I got to turn the page on one canvas, but just don't let me be next to it with a marker. That's <laughs> hanging out. Yeah, that's always that concept yeah. has always fascinated me. Yeah, uh, of when a painting, when is it done? Because it could be done in so many different periods. Oh and, yeah, yeah. And from the aspect of the of the person watching it, seeing it, I don't know what's in the artist's well, mind. Yeah. You know? Also, for art of this of this type, where it's not like he's painting, you know, un florero. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, okay, well, he painted the florero and it's done. Like, right. there's nothing. No, it's you. You have so many layers, like like you said. And honestly, you could probably spend three years on it. And oh never yeah, there's feel. definitely been pieces that I've started months ago, and I might have a show now that I might bring out the piece, and even like this piece to my right, like. It had all those dots. I hung it at my Art Basel show, and then I decided to add little faces to the dots, and yeah. it like, became like that, that one yeah. right there. That yeah. one, the, the with, green one. Without, that, without the, I would the say face. that I would say that one's done. Yeah, yeah. Without the face, yeah. like the you know what seems to be the face. Yeah. You can make an argument that it was done, but oh, then oh, without the face, a hundred percent. Yeah, but then somehow you, as the artist, I added the face. You yeah. felt that it wasn't done. Yeah, yeah. So actually, you mentioned Art Basel. Yeah. Um, Talk to us a little bit about Art Basel and and its importance and significance because I feel that Art Basel Basel just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah. yeah. So as, th- an, as an artist, what it's it's significant. I know? think yeah, Art Basel. What Art Basel's brought to Miami and the city, I think it's constantly growing. I think it's becoming bigger and bigger every year. I've only really participated in it three. I would say I, this is probably year four of my Art Basel. And every year I've been growing with Art Basel. It's given me, it's the platform for an artist being in Miami to be able to expose yourself in Art Basel where people from all over the world are coming. It's, it's a good time for this city and I appreciate meeting all the people that come at that time. 
It's funny because it's like the Super Bowl of art for yeah here in Miami. Because this year when the whole thing with the banana happened, yeah, the people were like, "This is ridiculous," you know, "That's not art" and all that. And I and I was yeah. thinking like, whether you think the whole banana thing is art or not, that's one, that's one conversation. Right. But this is something that people now all over the world are talking about. about it. So banana, from a PR yeah. perspective, oh yeah, it was genius. No, it was <laughs> no, it was definitely genius. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've also learned that you. You might not like the banana, but someone else might see something special within that mm. banana and tape. And so I think beauty is in the eye of the beholder and what you like might not be what the other person likes, I guess. Yeah. So that's the beauty of art. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So bringing it back a little more, uh, a little more current, shall we say. So I know that you're going to be at Carnaval on the Mile. Correct, um, yes. You're going to be there both days, the 7th and 8th. Yeah, yeah. And on so, what is it? You, a miracle mile, Coral Gables. Yeah, 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 we're gonna be there too. We're gonna All have right, a booth, cool. yeah, so, so I'm gonna have you a gotta you gotta swing of by. Of course, 100. Say yes, hi. I would love to. What is it that you'll be doing there? Because I know you mentioned you're gonna be. You're, you're, yeah. You're thinking of doing something with like. All right, sh- so with yeah, kids? I'm gonna have a booth within it, um, next to the Kiwanis of Little Havana Foundation booth. So we'll be neighbors, and then we will, hopefully, if we print it in time, we'll be releasing a official Carnival Miami T-shirt. With pieces of my canvas. And then I also wanted to get involved and do other things. So um, they have a kid's nook. And one of my messages is to inspire the youth. So I'm going to probably... No, I'm going to bring the painting. The Carnival Miami painting. And mm-hmm. I actually made a coloring page of the of the canvas. Not colored in. So I'm going to do a little thing with the kids. And I'll probably have Flower Nose visiting as well. Okay. You got a lot of color in your piece. I hope you're taking one of those big Crayola, you know, 120 oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, 120. packs because yeah. uh, you got a lot of color in there, son. For sure, yeah. <laughs> no, and then uh, the kids will interpret it all differently, and some might only add three colors. One might add a line. That's the beauty of yeah. what that they're doing. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. The kids, are gonna, the kids are going to love oh, that character. Oh, they're going to love it's Flower Nose yeah. and, and the color. I mean, I think, again, it speaks to... You know, there's and I've said this a couple of times, so I must sound like un disco rayado, but no, like there's there's a purity to, to your work and it, it just it comes through and it also comes through in your personality. Yeah, you know what I mean? Sure. Like at the end the artist I don't get any pretense from you. No, right. no. And and that's I mean, for an artist, that's refreshing. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean it's refreshing. Oh, yeah. yeah, no, at the end this is what I'm trying to express and my art's giving me a platform to speak, so I kind of got to be, no, I, I'm, I'm that person. I've always been that person. And I've, a guy just texted me when I dropped off a few paintings at a, at a show there that th- thank you for just brightening my day and bringing joy and happiness mm-hmm. t- to my day. So that's definitely what I'm trying to portray. So I love it. I think it's very unique. Um, you know, again, I can't stress it enough. It's like your pieces look like one thing, and then when you start looking at them, it's completely different. And not all, not all, not all art does that, you know. Right. Thank you. Not all art does yeah. that because again, these like so you look at just the face, and it seems more not darker, but like not lively. But then when you start looking at the stuff inside, it's like oh, happy faces. Yeah, and, at first glance, it doesn't give a happy quote unquote vibe, right? right? But, but it but is. Then, yeah, but then it's the context that you look at it, and then it, it completely Which, changes. You know, we're very big on context on this podcast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, what? As an artist, this is something. Again, I'm I'm always curious in terms of art artists. When you you get commissioned, do clients tell you kind of what they want, or do you do they tell you do whatever you want? Oh, uh, I think every 
I think every opportunity is differently. Some people definitely try to stir me in a certain way, but I think it all, they, they're, they already know what they're looking at. So most of the times they'll just pick with what I have within my um, studio at the time. And then. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We'll take it from there or some... Uh, some like for I just did a piece for a New Orleans basketball player and he uh I try not to do other people's characters but for this certain instant we did the outline of of Franklin uh, which is a character in Snoopy oh yeah 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 um actually it was so so the character had all my characters within it which came out oh, that's cool he was very happy to see it and it was I, I was able to take it to New Orleans to deliver it and it was it was it couldn't be more perfect for this 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 guy Franklin is his name but it was just the character was him it was like his friends were freaking out that like even his walk was like the way he's he they, they were in love with it so I did that one and then I did another one for another basketball player and it was it was another character from The Simpsons that was it was just him so. I don't know. I don't know if I could do another character for someone that's not my character, that doesn't kind of resemble the person. I think mm-hmm. it was just it was it was it was crazy how much mm-hmm. it, it reminded me of them. Because yeah. that that was kind of a question. Yeah. It's it's a hippy dippy kind of question, but you know, do you ever get somebody show up to be like, I want you to do a piece for me, and you kind of just go off of what what you, the vibe you're feeling off of them? Where like if somebody comes up and is just like, yeah. you know what, I just want one of your pieces. But I want something new. Do you kind of just sit with the person for a minute and kind of go, you know what? This person is all blues and pinks. And oh, yeah, no, there's definitely been colors. There's definitely been colors that they maybe match within their house. But I feel like as of now, every person that's walked in here has kind of walked in already, like knowing the vibe that they're walking into and mm-hmm. what they might like. And then the paintings just somehow matches them in a magical way. Like there were, I had a painting a couple years ago that had a lot of blues and silvers and blacks. And there was other paintings more colorful that stood out within my Art Basel show, but they wanted that painting. They're like, I know where this painting goes. Like this is the painting. Wow. And like after Basel, I went to like hang it up and I was like, it gave me chills because I'm like, wow, it's almost like 
I made this painting for you guys. Like knowing where it would go. Yeah, yeah. it's meant. It was meant to be here. So yeah. that's the magic and. A lot more of those situations than I would say, draw me this guy with this and that and that. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So um, what's, what's, what's next for you? What are some of, you know, some big plans or some big projects you have coming up? Yeah. So we definitely have the Carnival Miami events coming up, which I'm excited for. And then for people to get to see the act who weren't at the press conference to be able to see it up close and personal, we could dig deeper within the painting and we get to explore it a little more. And then, um, what else do we got? We got, I got some murals. I got to finish some new murals, dropping some new clothes. That's right. Cause you also have, yeah, uh, I also the, do the clothes. Uh, VGA, merch. Yeah. yeah you got merch, right? VGA yeah, studios. Merch, yeah. So it's one big family. So the person who might not be able to get the painting might be able to get the limited shirt and they could rock with us. Cool. So, yeah. No, I'm constantly doing something. and We'll put the link on our page so yeah. people can go out and, and take course. a look at it for, for the merch. You. So, yeah, I'm constantly doing something. And, and I the, try to stay busy. The murals are here local in Miami? Yeah, I have. Uh, I got to finish one. I actually had a school that I grew up going to in Key Biscayne Community School. Mm-hmm. So, I got to finish that mural, which is a pretty big mural. And to be able to go back to the school... I was once, not long ago, one of those kids in the uniform, so it was, it was definitely a great feeling. Actually, and then in a, like in a week, someone, this is definitely a first, um, someone reached out to me for career day. Oh. So now they... That's cool. Yeah, so it, to, they said that the kids would, versus just like a lawyer or a, a normal person. Yeah, lawyers yeah. suck. No, no, I'm not saying lawyers suck, but like... No, no, no. He's a lawyer. Yeah. We do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> No, but just to like, it was definitely, it felt, it was. But that's awesome that they're it, it expanding. Moved, yeah. They're, they're expanding to be able to go is, yeah. there and I'll probably bring flower nose with me yeah. and the kids are going to get definitely. No, but that's cool because it, yeah. an artist, I think from the mind of a child, and when they think of an artist, they probably think of somebody with like a beret and, you know, the palette, yeah. you know, <laughs> Bob Ross, at you know, best. Bob Ross, yeah. you know, they don't think of like a young, cool guy like you creating this type of stuff no, from yeah. a kid's perspective, no, obviously. It's, it's honestly, yeah. it's amazing to. These kids, just all these kids, they just move me, and it's re- really one of my messages. And it's kids are magical at the end, and they'll they'll tell you as it is. Like they're not holding back anything. And at the end, I just want to show these kids that it could it could be them. And if you have a passion and a love for something and a dream, you yeah. could do something with it, and it could become something. And maybe one day you'll be painting the Carnival Miami poster. Yeah. Or talking at career day. Yeah. Because at the end, I was, I'm still a kid. And I, I still got I, a long journey and I still got a lot of learning to do. And I love your story. I really do. Thank um, you. Because the fact that, you know, again, like I'm looking at all this art and I cannot believe that you you discovered this talent in your <laughs> 20s. Like, yeah, I just yeah. can't believe it, you know. And again, not to say that you're, you're by no means old, but yeah, that no. goes to show that when you were meant to do something sooner or later, it's, it's going to happen. Because, I mean, yeah, can you imagine if this would have stayed inside of you, you know, like. No, I think, I think he would have exploded. Yeah. No, no, I, I, <laughs> Damn. I might not be here right now. <laughs> like no, no, like, it's oh, definitely like confetti. It'd be great. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I would. I definitely was able to discover this, and it's been a way to express myself. And I'm doing what I love, and it's a beautiful thing to bring happiness and joy to others. And 
Yeah, well, you, I, I have to this say. This is just the start of hopefully a very long, fun journey. Again, I, I definitely have to say, I think you are definitely bringing joy and happiness to others. Thank you. Your pieces, again, I, I would, I'd be lying if I said, you know, Carnaval poster was not the first time I actually saw it. And from that moment, I've just had a love for your pieces. Yeah. So on behalf of people who enjoy joy and happiness, thank you. Yeah. What, what <laughs> no, do they say about you. that artist? Like love at first sight, like. The moment you see a, you either love it or you don't get it. It, 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 get it, or it either calls to you or, or you'll or never doesn't. get it. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, yeah. And your art is like again, it's very, it's it's multidimensional, which that's what I love. So, yeah. so anyway, thank you so much for being with us. No, um, thank you guys for having me, and to be continued. And I appreciate you guys, and you guys, we're all artists in our own way, so we're here to express true. ourselves yeah. and bring smiles to yeah everybody yeah. in the world. That's a that's a good that's a good point yeah. to leave it off in. So Absolutely. Thank you so much for being on Pero Let Me Tell You. Right, I appreciate bravo. it. Thank you guys for having me. And we're back, listeners. And as we said, we've got with us today one of the performers at Carnaval on the Mile, Tim Sharon. Thank you for joining us here on Pero Let Me Tell You, Tim. Thank you very much for having me. I'm excited to be on. I'll, well, we're excited to have you. I mean, I have to say you are our first country music artist ever on the show. So, so you know, congrats on being the first. Um, Thank you very much. <laughs> that's awesome. And so, you know, like I mentioned, uh, you're actually going to be performing at Carnaval on the Mile on the uh, the public stage. That, you know, they're going to have a whole country thing going. And we're actually going to be there as well. We're going to have a little booth there. Um, so hope to run into you there. But... I kind of wanted to use that as our initial pivot because, you know, most people would think to themselves, country music artist, he's at Carnaval on the Mile in Miami, which is predominantly Hispanic. Do Latinos listen to country music? You know, it's it's interesting because I'm really not sure how I got to be doing the, uh, the new country stage on Carnaval. Um, it was a very nice process, though. We play a lot of concerts and uh, we've opened for a lot of national acts in the past few years like willie nelson and charlie daniels and brett michaels and yeah, clint black and randy travis and like it's like a, it's 35. a tiny list a tiny list yeah, of, yeah. you know up and comers you may have heard of right <laughs> yes exactly so um it was really cool because the people in the kiwanis group and you know that run carnival mm -hmm. they reached out to me uh, I think it was via Instagram and they said they were interested in talking to me about uh, coming down and doing the very first country stage yes. in Carnival's history, the 24 years of Carnival's history. So I said, you know, why don't you, why don't you guys come to a, a show if you can? So they came up to a, a concert, a bunch of the people from the Kiwanis club came to a concert that we had in um, Hollywood beach on the beach stage there. Mm -hmm. And um, they had a great time, and we had a great time with them. And from there, they were like, you know, we've got to get you to uh, to play this this new country stage. So, and that's that's how it how it came to be. I I used to live in Miami Beach oh. eight, for years, and then I moved to Nashville, Nashville for about eight years, and I recently moved back to Miami Beach. All right, welcome so, back. <laughs> thank you. So to really to try to answer your question. I, I've always believed that country music has so many similarities to Latin music. Really? Yeah, I've, I've always thought that since I moved to Miami and I got 
you know, just immersed in Latin music, and I love Latin music. Uh, half of my iPod is <laughs> all in Spanish. So for me personally, it's like a perfect magical fit because I've always said, you know, the last place that country music has really taken a hold of because I've you know been touring all of the country right um, is is Miami. So I'm glad it's finally starting to really really pop here. You know. Yeah, no, and it makes sense that you know we would use a. Uh a Miami resident like yourself as like that, that, that entryway, right? Like it, it's, it helps it. Yeah. Well, I think it's going to be a really nice transition to kick it off because like I said, we're, we're actually, you know, we're, we're putting a few surprises into the set list because I do actually, I write and sing a little bit in Spanish. I have, read my friggin' mind i was gonna ask you about it i've been listening <laughs> to your to your music and um i can't remember the name right now the some, uh, la luna? Mi, mi cielo azul. Mi cielo azul. there we go and sí. i gotta tell you for somebody who's not hispanic your pronunciation sir is uh yeah it's on point okay so thank you thank you yeah as a native speaker i gotta tell you like you you don't sound like somebody who's learning it quote unquote thank you i you know i take great, great pride in that because I have so many friends, you know, Latino friends. When I moved to Miami, I didn't know any Spanish. And I really just tried to absorb it. And, you know, of course, being a singer, I really wanted to, like, I would go over phonetically sound by sound when wow. I was working on uh, learning songs. Like, my friends, you know, wrote a lot and produced, like, uh, Christian Castro. And, and I would I would go in and I would... For weeks, I would break down the syllables and the sounds, and I would write out the songs phonetically so that I could learn them um, and not sound like a complete gringo. <laughs> well, mission, mission accomplished, <laughs> I gotta say. But I, so I have a question in terms of you know when, when you're writing it, do you kind of write it in English and then translate? Do you? Do you say to yourself, "I'm just going to approach this from from the angle of like I know what I want to say, and I'll." I'll try to feel my way through or yeah it was definitely a different process for the song in spanish and it was it's a really really cool story because i'm a songwriting geek and i just love everything about songwriting so though i was living in key west and uh, a lot of my ideas and songs come from when i'm half asleep and <laughs> you're not the first musician uh, we've had on that has told us this by the way yeah, no, it's you're not it's, the first. It's a, it's a thing, man. It's a it's a thing. When you're when you're writing song or when I'm writing songs, the thing that I try to do, and it's 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 a very tricky thing to do, but you want to turn off your inner editor. So you just want to let things come out, and you know, especially lyrics, you want them to just come out in a, in a free flow. Right. without stopping to think like, oh, is this silly or is this not good enough? So it happens a lot because when you're in that like napping stage uh, state or waking up or just going to sleep, you're not consciously thinking about what you're thinking about, so, so to speak. <laughs> Ideas pop out right. and uh, it's it's your duty to catch them. Uh, that's a great way of putting yeah. it. It's like, you know, when you're in, because you're, you're cognizant, but you're not like stopping yourself, right? So yes, it, great word, great word. Yeah, it's it, it makes total sense when you. Right. So um, so I was just waking up and 
I just got the idea, Misiela um, Azul, and the, the beginning of that chorus, I just heard it in my mind uh, while I was waking up. So I just kind of popped up, went downstairs, and just started to record just the Misiela Azul. Started to uh, come up with more melodies with no words. Oh, okay. And then from that, from Okay, I knew what the song was going to be called. I knew what the song was going to be about, mm-hmm. pretty much, from the title. Okay. So I work around the title. And in this case, I just wanted to keep it as simple as possible because literally I wrote all the lyrics <laughs> and the melody all at the same time. Oh, wow. And then I went back and went over the lyrics because my Spanish is not great at all. <laughs> and I just tried Fair to keep enough. it as simple as possible to get the, the idea of what I wanted to say. You know, I just wanted to get down the very simple basics in my broken Spanglish or Spanish. <laughs> the great thing is, so I wrote the whole thing and I, I did a, a quick, you know, just guitar and vocal demo. Right. And I have some friends that are very, very good songwriters. So I, I called around to a couple of them and I said look I have this song it's completely written as far as the the music and the melody but the lyrics are not going to be they're going to be be like the lyrics of a five-year-old because my Spanish is so bad (laughs) it needed some Um, fine tuning some 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 tweaking exactly right right so I have this dear friend of mine his name is Kike Santander oh and yeah yeah, I mean legendary producer yeah yeah I was just blessed and fortunate to have somebody that I could call and say, Hey, will you help me with this? It was so cool because he was like, yeah, let me, let me, uh, let me work on it. And a week or two later, he, he sends me back the lyric sheet and he sends me back a demo that he, he sang him and piano. I literally have that demo on my iPod. Oh, wow. I would do shit. So to have someone who is, you know, obviously he has so many number one hits that yeah. he's written and um, Grammys and all that fun stuff to have him make my uh, my attempt in Spanish be as good as I could get it. It, it was. Uh, I gotta say, I know you. You know, you're 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 giving you're giving credit where credit is due for the help and all that. But I gotta say, unless you had come up with the initial, you know, germ and and, and the melodies and all that, there'd be nothing there for him to or anybody to work with. So you know, and again, like I said. Your interpretation did not sound like somebody who, you know, just learned Spanish for the sake of doing the song. Well, thank you. Yeah, it was definitely like a, a labor of love, and it was something that I really wanted to do. So I put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into it, so uh, I'm really proud of it. So thank you. I appreciate yeah, that. No, no. So now, you know, talking about your music overall, what I, what I love is that you, you call your music country music with a twist of lime. Is that did I get that right? Very close. Oh, Very right, close. All right. I, damn it! I almost had it. Well, how is it exactly? It's <laughs> country rock with country a twist rock. of lime. There we go. And yes. I, and and I think you know anybody who's listened to your to your songs like feels that. And that's why you know your your Miami influence comes across. And obviously you know you were out in Nashville, but you're from Rhode Island, right? Like how does a how, yep. how, how does a Rhode Island boy you know say to himself, "This is the genre I wanna I wanna go down." But I'm gonna take. I'm gonna. But I'm gonna take these two seemingly disparate, you know, things, and I'm gonna put them together. And damn it, it's gonna work. I grew up. Well, let's. I moved a lot, so I grew up first in the city, 
Mm-hmm. And then during the summers, we would, we would go down to, we had a, my grandmother and then my mom both had little beach cottages every summer. We would go down there and I just fell in love with the beach. So then in high school, I moved out to the, 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 the woods, to the sticks. So, <laughs> you know, I got a, I got a, a good cross section of that stuff. And then as soon as I was old enough, I moved out of Rhode Island because I wanted to, you know, I wanted to be a beach bum, basically. Who doesn't? Um, yeah. <laughs> and I, I ended up in, you know, I ended up here in Miami Beach. Of course, first I fell in love with the beach, but then I fell in love with the culture and being, um, it was a, a total culture shock in the best possible way for me. It was, it was, it was an amazing life-changing thing to move to Miami Beach and to experience all these different cultures and all these different amazing people. And then um, and then I was introduced to country music when I was in Miami. Really? Yeah. How did that happen? <laughs> what, what, I, I want to know what neighborhood you were in that you were introduced to country music. So, so I had a girlfriend that lived in Davie. Oh, there we go. All right. Yep. All right. And all right. to cross the county was, line. All right. And, she, and the funny thing, and the funny thing is, she is Colombian. What? <laughs> yeah, she's Colombian, but she lives in Davie. She would make me all these. Um, I was like, I don't like country. I don't like country, you know. So she would make me all these CDs, like these mix mixtape CDs. Oh yes, I remember. And mixed she's CDs. like, yeah, she's like, well, just just throw this in your, you know, in your CD player when you're when you're right. driving. I would play the first song and be like, oh, big and rich, you know, like save a horse, ride a cowboy, or Kenny Chesney, or and it'd be like. Oh man, this song is really cool, but I don't I don't like country. And then I right, right. The second song. <laughs> I, I listen like, over and over. But I just I don't like, like the country. one the one song. I just like the song. Yeah. I don't like the genre. I just, yeah. I just like these four songs. Right, right. I just like these seventeen songs. <laughs> so eventually, I was like, "Damn it, I like country." <laughs> oh, that's awesome. The more I got into country, the more the fans got into me, huh. so to speak, and it just built from that. And I started opening for. Charlie Daniels and Willie Nelson and all these great, you know, I mean, icons. Yeah, these are, yeah, icons is the perfect word for it. Absolutely. Yeah, so it's it's been a twisted road, but um, I'm really happy with the way things are turning out because um, now I just I write and and do songs mm-hmm. about you know I, I do everything that that's just from my life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's all organic it all it all stems from it's all authentic it it all comes from me like you know i'm a beach freak i just love everything about the the tropics the islands so i do a lot of songs about the tropics the islands and and people get that specifically singer you know singer songwriters like yourself you know what people connect to is is the lyrics and if you're the songwriter people can tell if you're being authentic people you, you can't fake that i mean i'm sorry i don't care who you are how great of a singer you are you can't fake it Definitely, definitely, yeah. You know, I get songs um, pitched to me, and I've gotten some really great songs that were pitched to me that were maybe like about being a, a farm guy or a hit guy. You know what I mean? Not really what you experienced, is it? So how are you gonna? Yeah. You know, how are you gonna sell it? And I yeah. just won't do. Yeah, I just won't do it if it's not if it doesn't ring true to me. Then I, I won't do it. So I love performing, and I love doing the fun party songs so everybody can just come to our shows and let loose and forget forget their worries for a few hours and just have have a blast you know absolutely and i know that's what you're going to be bringing to i think it's the the public's stage at carnaval on the mile 
on are you performing on the 7th or the 8th we are performing on the 7th on the 7th all right cool yes cool, cool. which is this saturday and yep. we are seven o'clock a i'm looking forward to seeing you in person because i've been listening to your music now on spotify so i you know <laughs> What I'm trying to say is you better bring it if only because I will probably be there in the crowd. And so I want to, you know, I, I want to feel it live. Um, oh, you're going to feel it. <laughs> but I also wanted to, to take to take a moment, you know, to to just kind of talk to you about something that I, you know, that I know you're involved with, which is actually something that myself and my co-host DJ, you know, feel very strongly about, which is anti-bullying. Um, you know, it's a cause that's very near and dear to both of our hearts. And I, I know that you do work with anti-bullying um, initiatives. I wonder if you could just kind of give us a little bit about that. I, I don't want to bring the mood down, but I think when somebody is putting forth effort to doing something so, you know, worthy, I'm sure as hell going to bring attention to it as well. I love to talk about it because it's so important. So many people and it's so important to me and it's, it's a big part of my life. So um, I started the Anti-Bully Tour. If anybody wants to check it out, it's antibullytour.com. And basically, I go All to... All one word? No, no hyphen, right? It's just anti-bully. Exactly. Okay, okay. Yep. Antibullytour.com. No, nothing in between. Perfect. So I go to schools from kindergarten to uh, universities. Oh, wow. And I, I perform. You know, sometimes it's, it's me solo acoustic. Sometimes it's the, the whole band. And I get the students, you know, singing along and yelling and screaming and having a great time. And then right in the middle of, of the performance, I stop and I, uh, I give a talk. I tell them um, of my experiences being bullied right. um, in middle school, which... That's the worst uh, age for that, uh, I think. I mean, yeah, I think everybody would universally agree middle school age is is the worst. Everybody's just a bundle of hormones and, and everything else. And we take it out on each other. It's the worst. Yeah. And a, a bundle of insecurity yeah. And, yeah. and, and questioning yourself. So when I was, uh, I went into seventh grade as an honor student and I was bullied mercilessly by one person for about two and a half years. Jeez. And it was, to the, it was to the point where I was, uh, you know, all the things, like depression, um, you know, thoughts of harming myself, thoughts of definitely of harming the other person, violence, um, uh, lashing out at, you know, the people that were trying to help me, like my family, my mom, my mom was trying to help me so much. Um, and I, I kind of took it out on those around me because... I was literally petrified for two and a half years. If I was in school, I was petrified. If I was out of school, I was petrified that the next morning was going to come and I had to go back to school and be petrified again for the whole school day. And then summer vacation, uh, you know, Christmas holidays and stuff. You I was were... just counting the days until I had to go back to school. That's a horrible way to live. I mean, it I, was it's, I mean, awful. Th that's the level of anxiety that I, I, I can't even begin to imagine. That's horrible. Yeah, it was unbelievably horrible. And actually, uh, to, to really get into it, um, it was so bad that I was, like I said, I was acting out, you know, with my, my family that, you know, I was, I was just being a, being a my grades mm -hmm. for the rest of my schooling until I went to junior college and then went to college. I 
never passed a year. I, I went to summer school every single year after I started getting bullied until I got to my senior year and I didn't even graduate because my grades were, I wasn't doing any work and I just went off on this uh, tangent and then I didn't even graduate with my class and they said, you can go to junior college and make up the credits and thank God they did that because then I went, I went to junior college, got my degree and then I came to the University of Miami. But, uh, okay. Oh, so you're a fellow, was, you're a fellow hurricane. Yes. Ah, okay. Yeah. yeah I, I graduated so, from there as well. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it was, it was really incredibly difficult. I ended up getting, um, which is kind of in hindsight fortuitous. I got kicked out of my mom's house oh, wow. because I was being so bad. Um, like in, you know, this in ninth grade, like total snowball effect. Like, yeah, it was, it was terrible. So I, I had to move in with my dad. Thankfully, at my dad's, my stepbrother and I started a little band in the basement um, in high school, and that's how I started in music. So, you know, I, and I do I do the, the schools and everything to mm-hmm. just hopefully to, you know, to bring the message out that you can go through these things that are so difficult and sometimes horrifying to to deal with and you can get through them and you can turn not only negative things into you know to get through them but you can turn negative things into really positive things and that's what i feel like i'm doing because back when i was being bullied there was no anti-bully campaigns there was no oh no there was no protocol there was no yeah literally like we would tell the school my mom sent me to counseling like a psychotherapist, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, we went to the school like over and over and over, and they were just like, "Boys will so be boys," what? type of thing. Yeah, yeah it's, exactly. I mean, I'm I'm assuming you and I are probably about the same age, only because of your mix CD reference. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> so you know, yeah. I mean, but I think you know, back then, I mean, there, look, there's always been bullies, right? It, bullying is is nothing new, but I think there was less awareness of it, and I think that. Kids nowadays also, you know, I know you mentioned the the anxiety and the and just the the dread of the next day and you know the the end of the vacation. But nowadays, kids don't even get that type of a break from the bullying because of you no, know, it follows because, them everywhere. Yeah, social media, you know, and yep. and and so as bad as it as it was for yourself and and you know others during when we were coming up, you know, back in the eighteen hundreds, right? Um, but, <laughs> right. <laughs> Horse and buggy. It, exactly, you know, but it, but it, <laughs> but it's even worse now. So I, I definitely think it's 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 actually just something beautiful that you're doing to take your experience and to go out there and, and tell people, look, I'm not just talking about it. I know what I'm saying. I lived it. This was my reality. This I understand is your reality. Obviously, it's a little different now, but you can get through it, you know. And and providing them with with that awareness is the first step. Yeah, and I'll tell you, it's really, it's it's incredible going to the schools. So many of the faculty, the teachers, mm-hmm. the principals will come up to me and tell me their stories of being bullied years ago. Yeah, it's unbelievable. And then, you know, you know, I'm not brave to do this now. I, you know, I I went through it, right. and now it's you know, I see these these kids. It's incredible how brave some of these kids can be because I've had 
a few instances where in the middle of me speaking, because a lot of times I'll do like a, a, a Q&A, right, right. Either, either in the middle or at the end, and I've had kids like 11 years old stand up in the middle of like 500 kids and, and say, yeah, this is what I'm going through. You know, wow. I was never brave enough to do that. Hell no, I'm not brave enough at <laughs> so 40 to do that. <laughs> <laughs> right. So it's, it's really, it's really amazing. And, um, you know, I, it's, it's just a, a win-win situation um, no, absolutely. To, to go and do this stuff. So Absolutely. And, you know, I, I, again, I, I thank you for doing it. You know, it's just something that I think the more people are aware of it and bringing that, that level of attention and just letting others know that, Hey, you're not alone goes so damn far. Absolutely. Because I mean, depending on what, what, what you went through, I'm sure you can relate, you know, when yeah. you're going through these things, number one, I, I thought, anyway, I'll speak for myself. I, I thought like, what's wrong with me? Yeah. Why is this person tormenting me? It's gotta be me. And yeah, yeah. I thought it was me. And I really thought I was completely alone because, you know, nobody talked about it and then it wasn't a thing. No, so yeah, just knowing that you're, that you're, you know, you have, you have people all around you that can empathize and sympathize with you is, is half the battle. Yeah. Well, I want to change topics really quick uh, before we wrap up here. So obviously we're going to see you in a couple of weeks here on, you know, in Coral in lovely downtown Coral Gables, as I like to say, yes. um, you know, on the, on the public stage on March 7th at 7 PM. Again, I really do hope that you have an opportunity to swing by our booth beforehand so we can just, you know, sit down and maybe just grab some pictures and, you know, get a little sneak peek. But other than that, you know, what, what other, what else have you got going, coming, you know, forth? Is there any tours coming up after this date or? We, uh, I tour every summer. Oh, nice. And yeah. And too many like, tourists in Miami. So you got to leave. Is that what it is? <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's, you know, it's just nice to, to get around the country, uh, during the summer, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when I can go up and it's, it's nice and summery. It's, it's um, not as humid and muggy in other parts of the country in middle of July. I hear you. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, like the tours every summer keep getting bigger and bigger. This past summer, we played for God, like probably 30, 40,000 people. Um, we opened for, um, we opened for Charlie Daniels again. We opened for the Wailers, Bob Marley's Wailers. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, it was really cool. We opened for uh, some big country acts, uh, Maddie and Tay, uh, Randy Hauser, Parmalee. So that's what we're going to be doing this summer. We have a, uh, we also, we have a residency at the, um, once a month, the mm -hmm. third Wednesday of each month at Hollywood beach, the beach stage there Ooh, at Margaritaville. Yeah. That, actually, that, that's really nice. I actually really like the Hollywood beach area. Cause I got that little boardwalk type situation there. It's yeah. really nice. Yeah. It's really cool. Um, and you know, this time of year, there'll be like a thousand people out there when we're playing and, uh, you know, it's a big old rock, rock and country concert. As um, it should be. so yeah, people in, I'll, I'll let everybody know what to expect when they come to our show. Like I said before, um, we play country rock with a twist of mind. And for the live shows, I really love to concentrate on getting everybody to have as much fun as possible. <laughs> to just sing along, scream along, dance, stomp, anything and everything you want to do so that you can just forget your worries for an hour or two 
You know, you don't have to worry about traffic. You don't have to worry about politics. You don't have to worry about work. Nothing. Nothing. And have a blast with us, the Tim Sharon Band. That is awesome, man. So uh, again, I, I just want to say thank you, you know, for for taking the time to to chat on our show. Uh, cannot wait to see you. I know, I know, we met at the press conference for for the kickoff for Canada yeah. Miami with the Kiwani Sad Ball and Chain, and you and I were both enjoying the caffeinated goodness that is the coladas and the cortaditos and the pastelitos and all that. Um, but I cannot wait to you know to see you again and just say hi and and you know share a lot with you a little bit more and then watch you do your thing on stage. I cannot wait to do just that myself. It's gonna be a blast. And we're back. Ah, oh. bueno, this was a bonus episode. Yes. So we're not gonna give no last cokes. No, there's no last sodas. No, to no, be no, given. no. They're more fantastic. No, 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 no. So. Again, everybody, we are going to be at Carnival on the Mile, March 7th and 8th. Yep. We are going to be somewhere in the middle. Uh, yeah, you, I mean, look, you'll find us. Um, yes, we're we have we going to have a very bright banner. Yes. Um, and you know our logo. So please, you know, just go out to Carnival on the Mile if you're in the Miami area. area. Yeah, and it's a family event. Like, it, there's literally something for everybody. Like, it really I mean, is. last year we all went. We took some, you know, it's a group we of friends the kids, with the kids. You know, the kids got fingerprinted. Yes. <laughs> um, yes. No, no, no. But that's I mean, important. they got fingerprinted, but they also had, you know, just free things they had our a lot friend, of areas. our friend daisy collected more tote bags than i think yeah. exists no they had and a lot of areas for kids and you know there's a ton of food there's entertainment um it's really really a nice area the weather's nice out the now. weather is very nice so it's, and free it's, it's a great time and we're gonna be there we're gonna so, be, what more do you want so please stop by say hello uh, grab a T-shirt. Yeah, uh, well, pay for it. Don't just grab it. <laughs> Don't just grab it. That's not grabbing. That, that's shoplifting. This is not supermarket sweep. <laughs> Pero please come out, say out hello. We'd we'd love to say hi to people and, and meet people and yeah. um and yeah, it's 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 a great time. Yeah. We, I mean, we've been going to Carnival on the Mile for for a few years now. As you heard, we definitely have some great memories of Carnaval Miami, and uh, it's an honor for us that they have included us yes. in their celebration this yes. year and. You know, we we can't say thank you enough to them for having us be part of a Miami, you know, institution. Yeah, it's it's a big deal, and we're very yeah, we're yeah, very we're flattered. very flattered that, that we. So were everybody, have a happy Tuesday Woo-hoo! and happy rest of the week, and tune in for episode one hundred this Friday. And as we said, we're our hundredth episode, our hundredth episode <laughs> celebration is not going to happen in our hundredth episode, but it is going to happen. It's coming. It's, it's coming. We promise. It's we coming. promise. We promise. So everybody, have a great week, and thank you so much for listening. Bye. Pero Let Me Tell You is co-hosted by Darian Borges and Ismaeliano, produced by Ismaeliano, and our theme, Pero Let Me Tell You Freestyle, is composed by Michael Angelo Lomlaplex, the official gay guy. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods, for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.